Hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Big Thinker, Deep Feeler podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and on this podcast, we talk all things of finding ourselves, collaborating with others, and communing with nature, all in the spirit of changing the world. Of course, what else? I'm happy to have you here today. I am interested to share this because I'm not really sure how much others have considered what I'm going to talk about today. And by that, I just mean that, you know, I've read some stuff, but it feels like in the corners of the internet and the world, people are having these conversations and they feel kind of anti-human or uh, just like weird and scary to think of. But not because it's untrue, but simply because to question these things, it just feels wrong, kind of. like, And it just feels immediately taboo because we are assessing ourselves as a species. So with that in mind, I just want to say that this is not meant to be a negatively uh, shaded conversation. That's not the point of this. That's not the point of a lot of what, uh, kind of like how I've shifted my, like what I want to talk about in my content and stuff like that. Uh, most of the conversations I am starting or having feel this way. And I feel like I'm going to have to continue to make this disclaimer that it's not meant to be negative. It's simply just heavy. <laughs> like that's just the nature of the things that are really interesting me and um, th that I'm feeling really pulled towards that I'm feeling the need to make, to, to bring to the surface and to be conversations that we can have openly and in safe spaces. To me, that's the whole point. I don't feel like enough people are doing this. And so... You know, I'm not anybody in terms of uh, like platform speaking, uh, platform wise, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, amount of followers and listeners, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm a quote unquote nobody in that sense, but I also acknowledge that everybody is somebody. And the more people that are having these conversations, the better. And even if this message only reaches a select few, I simply can't not have them anymore. <laughs> like I just, that's like where my soul feels pulled. And uh, for those of you that know me and have been around for a while, I don't ignore that. That's not something that I shy away from. I just follow that and I trust that. And um, yeah, just trust that what I'm feeling called to explore personally is also worthwhile to be sharing outwardly and having others engage in. And maybe if you have not ever considered these things yourself or never really taken the time to like dive deep, hopefully that's what I'm doing here and allowing you the space to think about that a little bit more and to feel into it and to consider it. And who knows, maybe you will be the one who is uh, starting massive conversations or doing things in a really big way. So 
And then on the flip side of that, I just want to say, like, maybe you have thought a lot about this stuff before, or maybe you're even a step further than I am. And in that case, I would love to hear from you. Um, please, please reach out, whether that's on Instagram, at benjamin.m.fritz, um, directly in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can't reach out directly either way on, you know, like Spotify, or if you're listening to this on another podcast platform. Um, in that case, Instagram is the easiest way to reach me. You can also shoot me an email at ben at bigthinkerdeepfeeler.com. Okay, preamble out of the way. Let's get into this today. Evolving or devolving? It feels like this is really what it felt like to me when I was kind of sitting with all this. And by the way, my thought process or my... Uh, I shouldn't even say just thought process because a lot of it is a feeling process for me as well. It's, it's processing emotion. Uh, my process recently has looked like just kind of writing down notes of whatever I'm feeling on a particular day in a particular moment and then seeing what I feel the need to elaborate on. And again, most of this is personal, right? And that's why I feel really excited about this current direction for myself and the way that I'm sharing and putting things out into the world is that like I need this. And again, I trust that that means that others need it too. So that's what my process looks like. And this thing I just, I've, I've continued to come back to, but this week elaborated on some more. And what do I mean by this? So I'm specifically curious as a human species, are we evolving or devolving? Now, I do want to mention that this is kind of like, I just like the sound of that. That's kind of what it initially felt like to me. It's kind of catchy. Um, I think, you know, like evolution is evolution and you can you know, fork in the road or um, go laterally or parallel. Like, I think there's lots of uh, different outcomes here. So I don't just want to make it seem like I think there's a binary, like, evolve or devolve. But what do I mean with this? And how am I thinking about this? Well, two big topics to start today. AI. Now, as of late, we have had some really big developments in the field of artificial intelligence. For those of you not familiar ChatGPT has kind of taken that world by storm and is now the, uh, you know, the the thing that's leading the charge. Google's trying to keep up and all that stuff, right? Um, but for those of you that are unfamiliar, like my wife, who I asked about the other day, <laughs> um, or I asked her about this, and if she knew anything about it, uh, I'm in the tech world, so I feel like I'm a little bit more in the know, but then also if you just keep up with kind of like... Uh, I don't even know, like regular, like pop news or whatever. But this is one of those things that is just a really massive, massive breakthrough, breakthrough in air quotes, because I think there's always a positive connotation with that. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case here. Um, but it, it's crazy, by the way. So if you haven't played around with this yet, just to get a feel, a taste of what this is, I suggest that you go check it out because it's just crazy to play around with. 
Um, whether or not you continue to use it is whatever. Uh, if this kind of stuff scares you, don't use it <laughs> uh, because it will fucking terrify you. Uh, to me, I try to look at something like this very openly and I can usually see different perspectives and many sides of things. And I can very quickly see the benefits of this and the downsides, potential downsides. So this tool, like I said, go try it out if you're not freaked out by this kind of stuff, but, uh, because it's fascinating, really, it's so interesting and I'll, I'll get to in a minute why we're touching on AI specifically here. Basically, you can talk to it like you would a human and say, hey, you know, tell me a little bit about this topic. So the other day I um, I asked the question, I was like, tell me a little bit about earth-based spiritualities. And it's, it, it's really weird because it actually like uh, types it out in real time or it makes it look that way. Uh, so you're like watching it type out line by line and it gives you this very, um, put together response. So it's very different from a search engine and like you're, you know, you're typing in earth-based spiritualities and you've got a list of websites that, you know, are definitely relevant, but are not giving this to you in a packaged, concise manner, which is what this tool does, which is just really crazy. Like I said, you kind of have to experience it for yourself. But so I get this response and, uh, it was just like beautifully packaged and put together. It was just very uh, together. I, like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know the words I'm looking for here because it was just strange to me. Like you have to experience it. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop there. The other example of this and looking at particularly the good that this can do and, and how this is like can be really cool is for me as a data engineer, I code, right? Like that's a lot of what I do. I code, I program. Um, this tool can actually do that as well. So I can say, hey, tell me how to get this information off of the internet using this programming language and it'll come back and it'll actually return a script for this particular programming language that you can use. Like it works. <laughs> um, so the capabilities of this are immense. Again, there are downsides. That's not what we're going to talk about today. This isn't about artificial intelligence, but I wanted to at least kind of display that to you because you look at this and you're like, holy shit, this is evolution, right? Like we are, the, the fact that we are creating this is nuts. It's crazy. And what I think, and when we're talking about evolving or devolving, I think we're absolutely evolving when it comes to our mental faculties. We are, uh, like that is just, we're, we're, our the things that we know, the things that we can do, our brains, like they are just, we're just making so much progress in that area. And to me, that's uh, like, that's a no argument, right? Like that just is what it is. Now, the question that I have is that while we're doing things like that, we also have an immense amount of violence in the world still. We have wars, 
Putin is, is, you know, in Ukraine is just demolishing. It has been for a year now and just continues to do so. To me, that just seems so barbaric. How are we still there? How is this still the way that we try to resolve conflict? This also was completely unplanned, but as I record this, last night there was yet another mass shooting in America. Now, it's not really hard to time that because we have so many here, so the chances of me recording this around another mass shooting were pretty fucking high. How emotionally and spiritually evolved can we be if these things are still happening and regularly. And this is where I think I might lose people a little bit because they're like, you know, Ben, I'm like, what, what, is, what is spiritual evolution? Like, what does that mean? And I don't really know how to explain it other than it is just unfathomable to me that... This, like I said, war is still the way that we go about resolving conflict. We're so much better than that. We've experienced so much as a species. Like, how can we still, how can that still be the way that we are trying to resolve things? I just, I, I, like, I just can't, right? Like, I, I just cannot wrap my head around that. I can't wrap my heart around that. It doesn't make sense to me. So where I arrive then is that I fear that this drive for intelligence, specifically of the mental kind, you know, intelligence of the brain for knowledge to automate things, regardless of how cool, powerful, and impactful that could be. I fear that our obsession with that is disconnecting us from our true nature. Yes, as homo sapiens, we have large developed brains, prefrontal cortexes, all that good stuff. But we are still mammals. We are still feeling beings. And my concern is that if we continue to put all of our focus in evolving intellectually, we are going to let ourselves fall away emotionally and spiritually. It feels to me that at this point in time, we are reaching a fork in the road, that we are getting to this point where we can see and we can feel the effects of the emotional and spiritual decay. It feels like this part of us is slowly withering away. It's still there. It's not gone. Again, I'm not trying to paint things in a negative light here. But what it feels like to me is that this 
drive for intellectual evolution is becoming a runaway train. And AI in particular, I feel, is a very notable signpost on this trajectory. And I think we really need to take this time to stop and to think and consider about where we want to go. Think about this in the age of climate change. When our environments are being destroyed and degraded constantly and faster than ever before. Just recently, the IPCC, Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Change, if you're unfamiliar, came out with their most recent and explicit report about the state of the world of climate change, of its causes, its effects, and how we need to handle that. And they were very clear that we have a very short time frame in which to make changes. They quoted that in the next 10 years, the decisions that we make will likely affect the outcomes for the next thousand or so years. Just think about that for a second. And we have this information. So again, we're going back to the intellectual side of things. That is data. We have it. We knew how to gather it. It's right there in front of us. And yet, despite having that, despite having more information than we ever have ever before, and that's increasing at a rate, a crazy rate, every single day, despite that, we're still making decisions that fly in the face of that data. We're ignoring it. We're completely bypassing the emotional, spiritual connection to that data and avoiding it to go do more things. Now, obviously, this conversation is talking collectively, right? Like, there are many of us and probably the vast majority of you listening who give a shit about things like this, right? So, like, you know, don't sit there and say, Ben, but I do care. I am trying to do something. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, collectively, as a species, this is, like, the current state of things. Like, things aren't changing at the rate they should be based on what we're presented with there. Consider the fact that we do have all this technology. We have made all this intellectual progress. And take a step back for a second from the way that we live our day-to-day lives. If you were an outsider, or if you were somebody from 100 years ago, what would you think would be the next logical step with all of that? To me, it would be, oh my god, you have all this technology at your fingertips? You must be able to like, really just hang out, chill out, and relax, take it easy, spend time with family and friends, work on yourself, work on your, ho- like, play with your hobbies. But instead, we work harder than ever. 
our lifestyle is more rushed and frantic in the face of these things that could make us thousands of times more efficient than our great-grandparents. Even our grandparents. Like, that... Like, to me, that is just a, a, a flag that something's wrong. Something's not quite right. We've created all these things that could make us, give us the opportunity to rest, to enjoy the beauty that is around us, to enjoy the humans in our lives. Yet we work longer hours than ever. We're more stressed than ever. We're more anxious and depressed than ever. Chronic illness is on the rise. What's wrong? What's the disconnection here? I think the first thing is just acknowledging that this disconnection exists. I don't think it's a matter of labeling things good and bad, like I've said. I think that immediately puts us in a place where this is not a productive conversation or thought experiment. I think we just need to be able to put these things out on the table. Say, hey, these are the facts. These are our observations. Now treat it like a science experiment, right? We fucking love science. Why don't we treat it like that? <laughs> like, here's the hypothesis. Here's the situation. Go do the experiment. And what do we come out with? So I think that's important. It's like, what is the disconnection here? How can we be evolving so quickly in this regard and then getting away from our true nature as part of the natural world in all of these other ways. And we can see the way that it's making us sick as I just rambled off a few of those. The breadcrumbs are there. (laughs) So I think that's first and foremost, that's the first part of the conversation, right? I think this Second part, which is what can we do? What, you know, potentially what are solutions here? What are, what do we need to be focusing on is a little bit shorter. And I would encourage you to like pause this for a second before you listen to the things that I'm going to share here that I kind of sat with and came up with. Uh, Just consider everything that I shared to this point. Like I said at the beginning, Is this something you've thought about before? Is this something that you've considered? Uh, How is it the same? How is it different? If you haven't considered it, take a minute. This shit is fucking heavy and like it's, it's so, so huge. So sit back and, and like take a minute to process this and then come back here. So pause it and I'll get back with you. Okay. So. Moving on to what are things that we can do? Well, like most major uh, social, cultural shifts, there are things that we can do and need to do as individuals, but also things that need to be systemic changes. So I've got a list of things here, and I'm going to read those off. So 
Let's start with individual because this is a little bit easier, so to speak, in terms of uh, to wrap our heads around and feels a little bit less overwhelming. And a lot of us are probably doing some semblance of these things already. But here's what I came up with. By no means an exhaustive list, but some things that I immediately uh, came up with. We need to create space in our day-to-day lives. So as I mentioned before, part of this disconnection is pace. Like everything is so rushed and frantic and it's just, we're always moving forward. It's always like, we're just pushing. We're just pushing, going and moving. And we need to like dig our heels into the ground and say, I am not going to accept that. The collective, my society, you know, the Western world may move like that, but I am going to make the choice for myself that I'm not going to. I'm going to slow things down. And the next piece of that for me is be intentional rather than reactive. Plan your day, plan your life, as opposed to letting others, your job, society do it for you. Just take some time to be intentional. Intentionality is everything. And now, I want to make sure that you understand something here. And that is that I am not perfect either. Something like this, I kind of suck at. For those of you that have been following along with me for a while now, uh, you'll know that I was self-employed for almost a decade and recently went back into the corporate world, which I had so excitedly left uh, a couple years out of college. Because of that, it's very easy to get sucked back into this mentality. Days are busy. I work at least eight hours a day. Things are due. Like, there are deadlines. I take that stress on because that's who I am and that's how I respond to that kind of stuff. And I'll mention it's not all bad. Part of me likes this. There's part of me that really is stimulated by this way of living that allows me to be and feel productive, that allows me to do things, that allows me to be intellectually and mentally stimulated all the time and not have to unplug. For me, it's kind of a drug. And as a collective, I think this is really where we fall short is because it is hard to get out of that pattern. So if you do it, um, just like me, there is no shame in that. But we have to continually come back to regulating our own nervous systems and being able to slow ourselves down. The next thing for me then goes along with this is prioritizing well-being over productivity. So this is family, this is health of all kinds, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. I, like Jesse and I were talking about the other day, my wife, um, like, when do we work out now? When do we be active? I, I like, we both work. Jesse works part-time and is a full-time mother. I work full-time and I'm also trying to be a full-time, part-time dad. Um, I hate those words for part-time, full-time for a parent. So throw that out. You're always a full-time parent, but I think you get where I was going with that. Uh, things are busy. We have full days now in terms of our schedule. Weekends are busy because, and we just went through this this past weekend, like we got to the end of the weekend and stuff was not done because 
it's finally my time off of work. So I'm trying to catch up and do stuff around the house for her. It's the first time where I'm not working all day. So she wants me to be with the kid. Of course, I want to be with my child. And so, again, it takes being intentional to put down the productivity for a moment, put down the go, 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 and create space for your own well-being. Again, that's holistically, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical. And again, I want to say that as part of the system that we are in, it's hard. (laughs) So give yourself grace if this is hard for you. Uh, Part of this, then, and a way you can support yourself in this is setting boundaries at work. One of the things that I noticed is that because I work remotely and we're on Slack, that is how we are present at our jobs, is that that's how you communicate. Where, like, you know, as soon as that little green light is on Slack, I'm there and I'm available. As soon as that light goes off, I'm not available. And I also have the ability to change my status. Now, something that I made a point to do right away, because setting boundaries from the start is always the way to go before somebody, because you're teaching somebody, that's all it is. I started using the lunch break little emoji. It's um, Cookie Monster from Sesame Street, which is kind of funny. Started using that right away. It was like, I'm taking a lunch every day. I'm not working through this or taking meetings. And that's like, of course, if I need to, I will. But that's not my norm, right? So immediately I set that boundary of I have a lunch. And I noticed that after I joined the team, after a couple weeks, nobody else was using it but me. And now a year later, most of my team uses that a good amount of the time. Maybe that wasn't fully me. Uh, Maybe I'm just making that correlation up, but it was noticeable. These are small things, but small things turn into impactful things. So set boundaries for yourself. And I say at work because that is what takes up most of our lives, but setting boundaries in general. So with family, anything that's demanding your time and energy. And finally, all these things kind of work together to allow us to be engaged and present with the current moment. Engage with the moment. For one, it's all we ever have. Not to sound cliche, but it's fucking true. And also because this is where joy comes from. If we cannot be present, we cannot experience joy. Those happen in the moment. Things like stress and anxiety, things that very much affect me, that's living outside of the moment. That's living in something else. And now, granted, you can obviously have those things in the moment too, but a lot of times that's because you're thinking, you know, I'm thinking about this thing that I have to get done next week. You know, on Friday when I knew I was going to have to finish this thing on Monday, like I was feeling that on Friday night. So just an example there. But All we can ever really have is that moment because that is what makes life real, is that experience in the moment. And the more we can be there, the more connected we can be with ourselves, with one another, with nature, with reality, with what actually is. Okay, that was individual things we can do. 
So now we have to move on to systemic. These things are always harder because we don't have control over them and because it usually takes a lot more time and effort and energy in order to make these things happen. So these are kind of pie in the sky ideals, but from my vantage point, from what I've laid out as what I see the problem to be, these are kind of necessary pieces to the solution. So one, support families with parental leave. Now, this is obviously uh, very present for me coming off of a long parental leave myself. It was an absolute gift and something that I wish that every parent was able to experience. The amount of trauma and things that are perpetuated, the amount of quote-unquote disease, dis-ease in the world, mental, emotional, spiritual, even physical, that is perpetuated because we don't give families and especially mothers the space to have those crucial first few weeks of a child's life fully supported and bonded with their parents is just immense. Um, the the impacts of that, you know, if they could do a study on that, uh, it would just be so far, far reaching. So this is something that I just feel so passionate about. And, you know, my heart just goes out to um, families and mothers, single mothers especially, or people that I thought about a lot during this time that just are completely, completely unsupported. And it just, it, it breaks my heart. Second, unlimited vacation. Now, this is something that uh, new companies are doing. This has kind of been the new thing. My company is actually pretty progressive, but it does not have this particular benefit. Um, why? Because for one, work doesn't matter that much. Like, it is what it is, right? Like, we're it's an exchange. Energy for output for them, you know, financial output. And we receive money back. Like, it's an exchange. It's fine. That's how the world works. But it's not everything. And the fact that we spend so much of our lives doing it from a day-to-day basis, from a week-to-week, month-to-month, you're like the amount of time and energy that we put into work, like there has to be, you know, unlimited vacation is kind of a, a big goal, right? For that to happen everywhere. It's obviously more of a thing in the white collar world, but um, that's the idea behind that is that there needs to be more supported vacation. Again, like, yes, most white collar people like me, even without unlimited vacation are sitting very cushy. I totally understand that. You know, there's plenty of, just brutal blue collar jobs that don't even have sick days and all that bullshit. So that's the kind of stuff, you know, I say unlimited vacation, but it's kind of an umbrella term for where that needs to go. Work is work and it's fine, but that needs to change. Similarly, less work, more pay. Oh my God, Ben, you're such a socialist. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, 
this benefits the collective. This benefits the business. This benefits the bottom line because people are less stressed. They're less anxious. They're less depressed. They're less sick. I know it's crazy to think that you can support a human and that everybody actually wins from that. But that's the idea behind this. It's not to uh, just give people handouts. I don't think that's the way things should work either, or you know, certainly not the most efficient way for everybody to um, win. But you know, at least when it comes to inflation and the way that things are increasing, there that needs to be um, needs to be met. And I think it just there there needs to be less work, same or more pay. And I think that people would be amazed at how people respond to this. Yes, there's always going to be lazy assholes, but at the end of the day, I think this is going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. All right. I mean, really, like all these things come down to just supporting people, any number of things for low-income families, especially This is where cycles are perpetuated. This is where people cannot escape. And we generalize those people, we generalize those groups, cultures, people that get stuck in that because they've been stuck in that for generations. We have to help them out. We have to support them and give them any opportunity to get out of that any opportunity to do more with their lives, but you cannot if you are constantly living in survival. It just isn't possible. And those of us who are privileged and live in that world simply can't understand that. And the very least we can do with our privilege is provide opportunities for them to get out of that. So I do feel that Uh, there are many other (laughs) systemic things that would need to change and that could impact the idea that we are disconnected from ourselves, our true nature, what really matters, that we are stuck in this cycle of progress. Again, this, this machine that, you know, we're not necessarily subscribing to, but we kind of have to just in order to keep up and stay you know, to, to have a roof above our heads and be able to feed our families and things like that. This is what it is. So what do all of these things that I just mentioned have in common when it comes to overcoming that and reconnecting? Those things are a shift in our value system and our way of being. We need a shift in our value system, our collective values. I'm in the U.S. As a country, as a society, as a culture, as a world, there has to be a shift in what we value. It cannot be money. It has to be people, and the specifics of our values need to follow that. We need a shift in how our nervous systems are wired. We are addicted to progress, productivity, achievements, things. We are addicted. Our systems 
are wired for that. They are wired to move fast, to go, 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 not to slow down, not to simply be. We need to work to rewire that. And of course, we need to work on healing our own traumas, which then leads to healing collective and generational trauma as well. And finally, really, we just need a reorienting around what truly matters. A couple times I mentioned here that work isn't real. Like, like it is, but it's not, you know? Like, it, it's just not what matters. This is why people on their deathbed have regrets. This is why people have life-altering circumstances that they come out and, you know, they have this spiritual awakening or they're, they become this new person and all of a sudden the asshole is now, uh, you know, some philanthropist. Like, these things happen because in those moments they see what truly matters. And I know this is so cliche, we all fucking know this, but it does bear repeating And I do this for myself on a day-to-day basis, somebody that is prone to stress and anxiety and focusing on work and all this shit, is I have to step myself back from the edge and say, that's not even real. Going downstairs at the end of the day, picking up my daughter, having her smile and being able to hold her, that's what's real. Going outside, putting my feet in the grass, playing with my dogs, feeling the wind in my hair, sun on my face, hearing the birds. That is what's real. We need more of that. We need to reorient ourselves with that. And in general, we just need to slow the fuck down. If we can't do that, we cannot reconnect with what is real. So are we evolving or are we devolving? I don't think the answer is necessarily one or the two, but I do think it is necessary that we consider this. That this runaway train of progress that we are on has consequences. It has real impacts that we are experiencing And that we are seeing in the collective things like climate change, the sixth mass extinction, which is massive biodiversity loss, raising of sea level, melting of ice caps, all these things, they all sound so apocalyptic, but they are happening around us. And unless we take the time to define and align with who we are and where we want to go, I fear that the results may not be what we think they will be. And that, I hope, is something that changes. Finally, I want to leave you with a few questions here that I just kind of wrote down at the end of this processing for myself. And bear in mind, I really wrote these down with what I was truly feeling, and there's no intention of being dramatic, because some of these do sound that way, but I think 
again, it is critical that we allow ourselves to consider these things. At what point will we turn into something other than human? Will it be an obvious fork in the road or a continued gradual process? Can technology and a simple, more natural life coexist? If so, how do we reach that balance? Will we hit a point where we get a true wake-up call? Will that wake up the whole of humanity or only a fraction? What happens then if there are two or more distinct sets of humans? Is our path inevitable? One to be endured rather than one we should attempt to change? Can we live well either way? What does that look like? It feels as if we're diverging from what it means to be human. A part of nature, and therefore a part of the natural order of things. So, are we evolving or devolving? Thanks for hanging out today, friend. I would love to hear your own thoughts, considerations, contemplations on this matter. Uh, Yeah, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you sharing your time with me. I know you could be doing so many things with it. I will talk to you soon. Much love, Benjamin.